fortunately for me, you know, music is great. I have a wonderful wife who helps me with that. I have a great dog at home, Tilly Sue. And, uh, and then of course I've got so many friends and family. And I, I mean, it's funny cause my wife and I talk about it all the time. It's like, people are always, oh, there's nothing to do here. I was like, well, we have so many friends and family and places we can go. It's just, it, we, we almost are never not busy. And oh yeah. This COVID thing was hard for us just cause it was like, just, we had to stay in and we were fortunate that we both had our jobs and nothing changed for us. But yeah, it was just, you know, that's, it's a nice thing to have friends and family and oh, things it is. to go and do it. Well, they call me the fireman. That's my name. Making my rounds all over town, putting out on flame. Well, everybody like to have what I got. I can cool them down when they're small and hot. I'm the fireman. That's my name. Old Spiral Podcast is pleased to bring in a born and raised LCV resident who has pride for the valley and gives back to his community. Henry Funk is well-rounded, to say the least. This week we discuss everything from fighting fire, cooking, libraries, music, and more. Henry serves Lewiston, Clarkston, and the surrounding communities as a firefighter and first responder at Lewiston's Fire Station 1. He also sits on the Lewiston Library fundraising board and can be spotted around town sporting a six-string and getting people to sing along to the classics, like the song you just heard. And he's a fan of OSP, which makes us like him that much more. Stay tuned to hear about the day, a day in the life of a Lewiston firefighter, and stay with us to the end to hear an original song Henry wrote for his wife. All right, welcome Henry Funk, firefighter extraordinaire. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> you hold a, you actually hold a lot of different positions. I mean, you you just told us before we started that your rank is firefighter, mm-hmm. uh, but you also were telling us that you work on the uh, ambulance if you have to as a as an EMT. But yes, I guess yes. basically what would would be more fitting is just first responder. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way to put. It. That's a general good general titer, title for. I mean, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, uh, police officers, and even, uh, and of course, to uh, dispatchers. Those, they always get left out. And sure. Dispatchers are super important. Oh, my gosh. I, I, that is a job I can never do. It's very underappreciated. They, they, they put a lot of time in and long days. And if you can do eight things at once, add another eight things, and then maybe you're standing two and someone's yelling in your ear, and that's the life of a dispatcher. It's, that's crazy. It's insane. I, it's They deal with a lot at one time, but our dispatch here in Lewiston is phenomenal. They do it is. Job. Actually, I have an experience with a dispatcher. When I was mm-hmm. four, I had, we'll call it an opportunity to call 911 for mm-hmm. an emergency. Yeah. And it took the dispatcher, took her 10 minutes to mm-hmm. figure out my location. I finally ended up giving her my dad's name. Yeah. And they were able to get our address from that. Wow, yeah. And it was right before, like, Clarkston, I think, had gotten the tracking system. So where when someone calls, it it gives you their location. Oh, but they yeah. hadn't got it yet. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So and my thing was, like, one of the things that helped him, like, get that, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. But, yeah, dispatchers, I mean, just talk on a four-year-old and try to get their address from Oh, my from goodness, them, yeah. You know? Yeah, well, it's tough, too, because so if you're in Lewiston, you go straight to Lewiston Dispatch, which is just in town. But in Clarkston, 
and Minnesota and all that, they go straight up to Whitcom, which is out of a, uh, Pullman, excuse me. And Whitcom does Pullman. They do uh, Clarkston, Asotan County. They also do Moscow. It's a great agency. They do incredible work up there and uh, also just some phenomenal dispatchers. But uh, it's just it's a different system. So they might have Moscow in one year and Clarkston in another, you know. And so it's kind of figuring that whole thing out. Plus, I don't know how any of those systems work. but And Lewiston, it's the same thing, same with – Lewiston Sheriff, which is technically Nez Perce County. It's just there's so many different groups of them, and they all do a great job, but your back's kind of against the wall right out the gate. You know, you kind of get, the technology nowadays is amazing, though, for that, and I'm always encouraging people. If you can find an app, give it a try because mm-hmm. you never know when you might need to use it, and it's nice to have, but no. It's, so how did, you, how did you get your start in firefighting? Because <laughs> you've, you've been doing it quite a while, and I think you have some experience up on the Palouse yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So um, when I was in high school, uh, my friend Mitch Chenault was going to school. Yeah, Mitch. Uh, yeah, Mitch. <laughs> Knucklehead. No, he's awesome. Great guy. Uh, so Mitch and everybody's going up, some, uh, shoot from age 12, 13 on. Uh, we met in jazz band. Brian, Brian was in that jazz band with us too. And, oh yeah. Uh, it was funny, you know, just to play into it all. When I was a sophomore, Mitch was a junior, he was a year ahead of me. And, uh, I saw he was talking to this really pretty girl in the band room and I went up and just gave this incredibly ridiculous display of telling a wild story and saying about 15 cuss words thinking that's the way you impress a girl, which is not, by the way, do not do that. Do not tell a vibrant, loud, cuss filled story. And I mean the first, and that's amazing what you'd think was cool yeah. then that you now realize yeah, yeah. Is, I did it's not, actually not I had about I had no game at all just incredibly awkward and <laughs> but I thought she was gorgeous and yeah that was actually my future wife and uh yeah so Kimmy my wife is an upright bass player and Mitch is an upright bass player at the time and oh that's yeah, right yeah Kimmy's a phenomenal bass player and we can get more into that later uh, we'll have to talk about that because I can't why get, wasn't she playing with you last night I know we, well we gotta get her an upright I have I found uh, a I found a Fender jazz bass for her a few years back and the guy only won like $300 for it. Settled on 250 for an American standard Fender Jazz bass. Oh, and, wow. And it's a great sounding bass. And it's electric. And she likes it. It's a little long but on the neck. But uh, no, she she plays so well with it. But we want to get her an upright. It just you got to get the right one. you got to find a good luthier. And there's a place in Issaquah that we'll yeah. be going at some point. And, yeah. Well, Mitch, of course, he his dad, Dave Chenault, longtime mm-hmm. Firefighter. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what happened was Dave mentioned it to Mitch. Mitch was interested, and he was going to LC at the time, and I was a senior in high school, and he said, hey, Moscow's got this program. It's called the Resident Program. It's the Moscow Volunteer Fire Department, and you are a student resident there. So you live at the station for free. You have to buy your food, and you have to be a full-time student, and you work either 16 or 24-hour shifts once every fifth day with a crew, and you're on a fire engine. You get training for it. You can get all these certifications if you want to go into the fire service. And I was like, wow, that sounds cool. I mean, I, I never really thought about being a fireman. Honestly. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't even know if I wanted to go to college. And uh, I knew I was going to go to college because I have two amazing parents who work in education. Like, you will go to college. <laughs> and, and I'm very fortunate that they pushed me to do that. But, uh, yeah, so I applied and went up there. And there was a little testing process they had with the interview and a physical test you have to pass just to see if you're fit for the job. And Sure enough, we both got in, and uh, I was excited because, heck, that saves thousands thousands of dollars just in living expenses, you know, and free place to sleep sleep every night. So and, then you guys, uh, did you transfer up to U of I when you did that? Yeah, so, and I was, I just graduated, so I would gotten accepted to U of I, and so he transferred, and then I went up to U of I just as a freshman, and yeah, started it off. We got to be there a week early, which was kind of fun, and uh, they kind of gave us basic training on the job, like, 
how to run the pump, how to take a hydrant, how to put your gear on, how to wear an air pack, all the very basic, how to put your shoes on and tie them right. And uh, it was fun. And then next thing you know, you're, you hit the ground running. It's a little advanced in the fact that they have you driving a fire truck pretty quickly. And up until that point, I'd only driven a 99 Honda Civic EX. So I was a pretty <laughs> eye-opening experience from <laughs> a little Civic Coupe up to a big old multi-ton rig that's a cab over nonetheless, too. So I struggled with that driving test a little bit. And now it's fun. Now it's, I do it all the time. It's cool. But yes, yeah, so we started there. And uh, my first few days, we had some pretty wild calls. And I was like, this is incredible. This is what I want to do. This is awesome. Like people get paid to do this for a living and, and people are so nice to us, you know, in the public, the public's always, and to this day, that's how it is down here in the Lewis Clark Valley. People are so gracious. And, uh, it was just like, man, this is really neat. And it's just, you, you're helping someone every time, even if it's as simple as I need help off the ground to a standing position again, you help that person when they were in need. And so I fell in love with the job. So that was when it became hard with college to stay and not want to go just get a job. And so I, well, what were you doing in college? Well, so I was initially poli sci because I thought I wanted to go to law school. I really wanted to be a lobbyist because I'd done a lot of political stuff. I went to did the Boy State Boys Nation thing, and I thought, okay, I could do that. But I'm glad I did not do that. That's a terrible idea. But uh, caused <laughs> uh, a lot of controversy there, of course. But uh, no, uh, yeah, everyone loves a lobbyist. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, money, money, money. But no, I uh, ended up changing my degree to public relations marketing, and I got a emphasis in political science and met some amazing people in that career. And I basically got a BS and BS, if you will, you know, it's just kind of helping companies when they're in need of getting a good image or promote their image and whatever you need to do with their social media stuff. You know? Oh, good. We'll talk after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and it was cool. It was, it was, I just I wanted to do something different. I knew I wanted to be a fireman pretty early. And so I, uh, I just chose a degree that was different in case the worst case scenario happens. I, I'm on, physically unable to do my job maybe for whatever reason. So I'm glad I did. I got the degree and I'm very fortunate for that. And yes. And, but in the process of that resident program, I took a bunch of classes and a lot of it was covered by Moscow, which is cool. Like firefighter one, which is a $500 class. They gave it to us for free. Uh, my EMT class was a $400 class. And if you serve them for an additional year, they pay you back. And so I did that and I mean, it covered a ton of my expenses, you know, and I, tons of extrication courses, hazmat courses, all the, all the little things you need to have. Cause there's just, it's a ton of courses you have to take to get certified and you'll never know enough in the fire service. And so it was cool. It was a really good starter. So is that program that you got into in, in high school and then later in college, is that something that they offer each year or how, yes. how does that work? Yeah. So, um, and that, that's a cool thing too. Yeah. Cause what you mentioned, some of the new people in our Academy were not freshmen or sophomores transferring. They were like juniors or seniors even that were just like, they are people who maybe volunteered as students and they lived in their student housing or an apartment and they decided, I want to try the resident program out. One of my, one of my buddies, Connor McCormick, Connor, awesome guy. He, uh, he was that way. He was a volunteer and then he joined the resident program and we were on a crew together and Connor was in my wedding and he's a great guy. And now he's uh, about to become a urologist. Actually, he's just finishing up medical school and uh-huh. guy's awesome. Yeah, he's in Seattle right now. I need to, need to give him a call. He's a good dude, but great musician though. And him and uh, my other buddy, Brad Bruce, who graduated from U of I not too long ago, awesome, awesome dude. I think he got a philosophy degree. Uh, him, Brad and I, we had a little 
three-man group we called the Moody Bruce after Brad's last name. And we all, oddly enough, had little brothers named Sam. So we wrote a song called My Brother Sam. And I, <laughs> none of us remember the song now. But at the time, we thought it was so funny just <laughs> drinking around the campfire, singing about that. And no, good guys. And so it was cool, the camaraderie that comes with it. And um, yeah, so you can start whenever. Sorry to go off on a tangent, but yeah. Go off, man. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Uh, Good department. Very cool. Uh, big shout out to Debbie Karskallen, who's running the show up there now. Uh, Josh Peak and uh, Dave Reynolds was running at the time. He's recently retired. And Brian Nickerson's the fire chief up there, too. I want to give him a shout out. They're all phenomenal people. And they gave me a lot of opportunity and showed me a lot of new things that I still, a lot of new just tr- tricks and tools and things I still use to this day at my current job. And very fortunate to meet people like that. So, What stations have you worked at and what station are you at now? So... So now I'm in Lewiston, uh, and at Lewiston, I've worked at every station. So I've worked at station one is uh, downtown by Dairy Queen. Station two is up on Grell, 1533 Grell, kind of on your way out there towards Lindsay Creek, if you will. And uh, station three, as we call it, is the Soton County Fire Station right here, a couple blocks from your place, actually. Uh, we have a contract with Soton County, and we staff a two-man ambulance out here. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so like we had a... Medical call right now, uh, Station 3, Lewiston Ambulance actually show up at your house, which, oddly enough, but they're pretty close, and it's a good contract we have with Soton County. And then Station 4 is out by the airport, and that's a three-man, basically a three-man fire engine crew. We have an ARF guy who does the airport crash rescue stuff, and then two guys drive the engine, but the ARF guy will jump onto the engine with us and go on calls, too. (laughs) And then, oddly enough, that engine crew at Station 4, they will, if there's a Soton County call and that crew's out... And then there's another Soton County call. Those engine guys will jump over to the ambulance and then drive from up at the airport over to Soton County and cover that call. So it's a, it's a system that's been working for a while. Yeah. So Very cool. Kind of work around. My main station has been Station 2 for the past three or four years. Yeah, uh, you're saying you, that next year is going to be your 10th year. Yeah, so, well, 10th year just in the fire service uh, with Lewiston. I started with Lewiston in 2014, so, and kind of go back to Mitch. So Mitch and I started in the resident program together, and then we, about a couple years in, we put in for uh, the Lewiston Reserve Firefighter Program, went through the academy down here, and then got on, and then tested for full-time, and got the full-time ranks, and uh, yeah, so we kind of, we've kind of gone through the fire service together. It's going to be, it's just kind of a crazy t- thing to think about. And fortunately for us, we've both been on a shift now, which our battalion chief who kind of runs the shift is, uh, Dave Chenault, which is dad. So <laughs> it's pretty awesome to work, work with all them. Cause I've known Dave since I was a kid. And yeah. I love the Chenaults. I mean, I, Mitch and I went to grade school together. Yeah, so we've yeah. known each other since, I don't oh, know, yeah. maybe even kindergarten <laughs> or something. And, uh, and then of course, junior high and high school and, mm-hmm. and he, he's a, he's also a bass player Yeah, and he yeah. was in jazz band. We mentioned that and, and, and we used to play bass, to, uh, music together and, mm-hmm. and he's just a great guy. The whole family. Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Such good people. Just very generous. Big shout out to Dave and Elaine. Love you guys. And yeah. Of course, Cody and Braden too. You guys are great. Man. So. Yeah. Oh gosh. I remember when Cody was a kid, like young young mm-hmm. and then Braden, man he was probably like three or four remember we used to call him mini mitch and jazz band <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and of course they got that cute little dog hera june she needs to be the next uh Pareja's dog in my opinion or, i don't know scouts getting know. groomed on oh Tuesday, my gosh so. i'm digging scout yeah if we could bring her back in here i wouldn't be upset she's a sweetie <laughs> yeah he's the classic golden retriever oh she's so sweet what a great dog but, huh. yeah no so yeah uh, i work at all the stations uh, we have a bid spot and the way the system works is um, you basically bid your position that you can be on. So my position, most of my career has been Medic 7-2, which is the ambulance. But 
um, you do firefighting stuff with it too. And, uh, so basically if we get a fire in Lewiston, the ambulances will go to the fire and we have our firefighting gear on there. And like, say if there's a fire in the orchards close to station two, we'll show up, the engine will pull up and pull hose and the ambulance crew will throw our firefighting gear on. And then we grab the hose line generally, and we go in and fight the fire. And then, I mean, there's several stories of guys coming out of fighting a fire and then there's a medical call and we doff our gear, jump in the ambulance, go on the medical call and then come back to the fire when we're done getting our money's worth it. <laughs> but we love it. It's, it's a, it's a very, very fun career. And, uh, yeah, so, but I'm going to be moving with our new bid spot down to station one. I'll be actually on the engine as the tailboard there. So I'm going to work the heavy rescue that we have where with all our extrication tools and our rope stuff too. And, kind of a different scene and it'll be fun so yeah that's awesome i'm excited so how often do we get big structure fires here in the valley is it is it pretty infrequent or or even residential too yeah kind of, but yeah big you structure know, fires it's you know uh, yeah that just it gets tough to classify what a big structure fire is uh for me for me any fire is a any like considerable fire where you see flames and smoke when you pull up that's a that's a good fire residential or not um pretty frequently not I mean, not pretty frequent. It's hard to say. We get them enough to where we where we get we get our share, and uh, we uh, the guys are very well trained. And I mean, there was one point where shoot last fall, my shift had a fire or two fire or two like working fires almost every shift for like two or three weeks straight. It was just consistently one after another after another. Most were ref- residential. There were a couple commercial ones. Like uh, we were the crew on Emperor of India. That fire that they had downtown. Right. Yeah. That was uh, that was kind of scary. That was that was a big fire. That was um, we. I feel like the crew did a great job. Um, Mitch was driving the engine first on scene. He did a phenomenal knockdown on that and just made the right decision in terms of just evaluating your your loss versus your gain and what was best tactics to go about. And he did a great job and. You can see the video online. It's a pretty good video, guy video, the whole thing. And yeah, I saw that. It's pretty, the commentary is quite entertaining too. If you, <laughs> it was, he says yo a few times to say the least. And <laughs> I, I got to tell you about this because it was so funny because we, we got back to the station. So we got that fire across 10, 30, 11 o'clock and then get back to the station until about 4, 4.30 in the morning and fell asleep for like an, maybe an hour and then got up to go home and. I wake up and I just hear all the guys at the stage going, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. I was laughing pretty hard at that, but it's such a good camaraderie we have between the guys. It's, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. So, but yeah, pretty frequent. Um, you know, people are very smart in this town though, and they take pride in their homes and they take exercise, a lot of good caution. If they're not sure, they're not afraid to come and talk to us about it and ask questions, even if it's as simple as, what kind of batteries do I need for this detector? Or is this detector good to have? And it's we're more than willing to help you out with that too. If you ever have a question, don't hesitate to come by any of the stations at any time. And you can also go into the stations, little plug, and get your blood pressure blood pressure checked whenever you need to. So, and we have wow. we have little cards you can do too. So if you're having just wanting to have your blood pressure checked and maybe monitor it once a month or every few months or whatever, come on in. We'll check your blood pressure, no charge at all, and write it down for you in a card, and you can kind of keep track of it. So. Um, it's a cool service so we have. It's simple, but it's, people take advantage of it, which is nice. And yeah, that's cool. That's something I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, and we we do have a car seat program too, where if you have a car seat and you're not sure if it fits your child or how to assemble it right, we do have technicians for that. And those rules just changed actually pretty recently. They do, and I would know yeah. because I just turned <laughs> two, so I'll we've darned, uh, yeah. we've officially uh, transferred. We've turned her seat around, so she is now forward facing. Yes, yeah. So it's. 
and they 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 tend to change a lot of that stuff changes year to year yeah just updates to it and sometimes they'll discover oh it's actually we need to go back to what we were or maybe this wasn't a good idea but no it's now there's there's quite a few and the smoke detector thing too i mean you can call us for to check your smoke detectors and it's kind of cool too i mean it's there's things there's a lot of things just that aren't necessarily people don't know i mean if Say some you some one of your loved ones fell down and they don't need to go to the hospital, but they just need help getting back up and whatnot. You can call and ask for an engine crew for a lift assist, and they'll come and pick pick your loved one up and help them get to a standing position or back to their seat and no charge, and they won't force you to go to the hospital or anything like that. And so it's kind of a it's a cool thing. I remember when I was a kid, we used to every now and then have to help our neighbors get up, and I've always kind of shared that info with people just because it's important to know. I mean, it's a it's a nice resource to have and. Yeah, I, I I bet some people don't know that it is free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if you don't go to the hospital. Yeah, it's not if you don't go to the hospital or we don't have to treat you on scene, like give you a medication or anything. Yeah, but we we offer those services, and I mean, when I work on the engine, we go on those calls daily, and I'm glad people call. You know, it's good, and a lot of, oftentimes they may have a life alert, which you could. If you need a life alert, get, if you think you need one, probably get one because they're important too. So how does that work? Does they go to the dispatch? Yeah, basically there's a life alert system, is my understanding, and the life it'll, you'll push your button, the life alert system will hear what's going on, and then you, uh, the person will say what their issue is, and then the life alert system will notify the dispatch in their area that will send us out. And sometimes the information we're given is limited, but we're on our way, you know. And it's kind of like those simply safe. Uh, systems they have too. There's simply safe uh, fire alarm systems. If you have one of those, like a smoke detector and there's a fire in your house, it won't just set your smoke detector off. It will send, notify simply safe and will notify our dispatch and we will come to your house, which uh, most of the time with those systems, it's people like, oh, I burnt food. I'm sorry, you know, but it's just a residential fire alarm. But man, what a peace of mind if you were out of town and something went wrong. And we, my wife and I have been talking about that too. Just even sometimes when we're gone and we leave the dog at home, if something art and electrical work or something and caused a fire for them to show up without us be even being home. That'd be, yeah, that's pretty cool. Big peace of mind, you know, and uh, it's, it's up to people what they want to do, but yeah, um, it's cool. It's a cool thing. It's, we're very fortunate the times we live in to have those, those things available. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying, the technology continues to sort of expand and get better. (laughs) Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was about camaraderie. And yeah. with that, I would think food goes along with that. Um, oh, yeah. It's pretty famously known that firefighters are excellent cooks. And <laughs> yeah. you, ha- you happen to be a cook yourself, right? Yeah. And well, that's where I learned really was uh, from my wife and my coworkers was how to just make new types of food and kind of open my mind a little bit. And I'm, I'm gotten big into wine drinking these past couple of years. And so it just kind of goes along with it, what pairs well and what's what wine's good to cook with what wine's good to eat with certain types of food and yeah and the trick is there's no such thing as you wouldn't cook with wine that you wouldn't drink (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so uh yeah and that's just it too it's and so yeah there's phenomenal chefs guys i think even our our least into it cook probably is a little above the bar in most cases they everyone knows well i take that back we've recently had a guy who about says he only makes sandwiches which we're like dude <laughs> we got to show you how to we boil learn we're gonna learn how to boil water today you're gonna <laughs> learn how to fry an egg today just little things and but no it's i really enjoy it i find it relaxing it's kind of fun and so how how many people are you cook 
cooking for typically? Because I'm sure you got to make yeah. big proportions. So at the station, or, or the way we do it is we uh, you bring your own. You can bring your own breakfast to make breakfast for yourself in the morning if you want. You can uh, you bring your own lunch, and then we do a crew dinner, and that's every shift. And we all kind of buy in, just split the split the difference. We'll, we'll, the station crew, usually the engine, will go to the store and get dinner, and then we split it. And uh, yeah, so uh, usually between. Between two and six guys. So there's two guys at station three. There's three guys at station four. There's five at station two, and there's six at station one. So at station one and station two, you're cooking for five guys. And then on Sundays, we actually make a crew breakfast. So those days, you're basically make, cooking for 10 or 12, generally, with two different meals for, for each guy. But it's, yeah, it's fun, man. I mean, you, you we kind of have a system down of how much meat each guy's going to eat, how much vegetables each guy's going to eat, and just kind of who's a big eater or sometimes some guys will be on diets and they don't want to be a part of it. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I was going to say, so, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask what are, what are like five, me- no, not five, but what's a handful of, uh, of meals that you guys cook? Oh, like, yeah. is it a regular thing or, yeah. or it, it, does it change all the time? Well, it depends on who you're working with. Um, some guys just don't like certain foods. So you try to avoid that so they can be a part of it. Um, but, uh, steaks, a popular one, bacon burgers are popular. One. You know, pretty basic foods, but, uh, Add, add broccoli or asparagus on the side and some sweet potatoes. We're always a big fan of that. Um, things I like to make, I like to make make a pasta carbonara, which is that uh, Alfredo sauce and pasta with a little mushroom, and then I add a bacon in it or pancetta if you want to get fancy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I'll throw some chicken in there too every now and then, some uh, either green peas or um, – I mean, we cook a lot of asparagus at work too, it seems like. Guys love asparagus. And then uh, another one I make is baked ziti which is another kind of Italian dish, which is basically it's a lot like spaghetti. You get the Italian sausages, ground beef, and then you cook it. I cook the sauce for sometimes six to eight hours on low, just low and slow. I'll throw some some onions, some garlic, a little bit of uh, Italian seasoning, you know, just to throw in there and a couple of bay leaves and then uh, let that sauce cook for a long time and then cook the pasta up and then I'll mix uh, the sauce with ricotta cheese and I'll mix it all together with this pasta in a big bowl and then I put it in the basically a nine by 13 pan or a bigger pan with for all the guys. And then I throw mozzarella cheese on the top, bake it. So you get those nice crispy corners, you know, and all that good stuff. And that's always seems to be a pretty big hit. Um, if you ever need to do a fundraiser, y'all can come up with a cookbook. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there are a few, there's, there's some gourmet chefs out there. I mean, there's some guys who make some really good food. I mean, we've, we always kind of, depending on who you're work, working with, we do some cool stuff. I was with a, I was on a team with Dave Chenault, Mitch Chenault, and then John Ockwell, Johnny Good Times, as we call him, awesome guy. <laughs> and uh, we were in a cook-off at Rogers Motors this past fall, and we won, I think, best, uh, or uh, I think it was like, it was either best of class or like a, the fan favorite kind of competition. There was the judge's favorite and the fan favorite. I think we were the fan favorite. We made a pork roulade, which is basically just a big old slab of pork that was smashed down almost like a chicken fried steak and then we had a mix of italian sausage onion uh threw some rosemary seasoning in there and uh gosh we threw some other stuff in there some garlic and it was and then we rolled it up almost like a like kind of like a cinnamon roll kind of thing you know but just a big old thing and then tied it off and then cooked it in a dutch oven because it was a dutch oven cook-off and 
Man, it was awesome. It was a huge hit, and we did. All right, everybody, this was fun. It's time for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> it was good, man. It was it was awesome. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like when we were doing that, uh, John's mom showed up, and she had custom made uh, aprons for us that said "Cooking with Fire." And That's awesome. It's just like you know the family aspect of it all too. And we're all on the same shift, uh, us four, and we're all pretty good friends. And so it was just, it was a good time. You know, it was just a fun day of cooking and doing what we love and hanging out with good people. And yeah, it was a good time. So we, it's a, it's a camaraderie thing for sure. Sometimes, you know, we come back to the station after a pretty horrible, horrible thing and horrible call, you know, and it's nice just kind of, kind of just relax and kind of take the edge off joking around and making some good food and enjoying each other's company just to kind of get your mind off things and whatnot and it's cool. We have a lot of guys. We well, everyone there. You can go on a bad call, and you can say, "Man, that call sucked," and they'll listen, and vice versa. And just, and then at the same time, there's guys who can just, "Hey, let's go do this," and cheer yourself up. And we're they're always looking out for each other, which is very cool. There's not a lot of departments that are that way, but Lewiston's very much that way. And that's kind of like the valley, you know. You, people are looking out for each other and caring about each other. So, yeah, that's awesome. So. You know, we, we talked about fires, of course, and then medical stuff, uh, lifts. Like, what, what are some other things that you guys respond to? You know, so we'll go to car accidents um, all the time. Uh, so Lewiston fires can unique. We, so we don't just cover Lewiston. And like I said, we cover the Clarkston Heights. We also, it's mostly a Soton County. So Clarkston Fire covers that square mile of the city of Clarkston there. And then, right. And we mutual aid with them. So we will actually go to their fires and they'll come to our fires as an auto aid agreement that we just set up. Same with the Soton County and Wheatland Fire Protection District as well, and even City of Soton. But for medical wise, we will cover Soton. We'll go past the Soton. I've gone all the way, shoot, I've gone all the way to Rattlesnake Grade and beyond. And then we'll go all the way through Waha, <laughs> past Zaza Road out there. Uh, we've gone all the way to cul de sac. And we go basically on. Did you drive the engine that far? Not the engine. No, let me let me correct that. All those distances are ambulance call only. The engines, mm-hmm. uh, city fire protection only. The engines do have uh, auto aid agreements to go to like the city of Clarkston or Soton County if need be um, for structure fires, and it's automatic. So if they have a structure fire, we're going. Or if Clarkston does, they're we're going. Or if we we do, they're coming. So it's really cool because it's just a guarantee for all those citizens, you know. But uh, ambulance-wise, we cover a huge range. We've, we go up to Colton, Washington, and uh, down down Wowie Road, you know. And then, uh, I mean, it's it's a huge range. Past Lapway to Cul-de-Sac, all the way to mile marker 285, which is basically six miles past Cul-de-Sac. So it's pretty far out. And so it's a huge range. You can really get out there for quite a ways. And um, it's cool, though, because you get to see a lot of cool things. It's just a different approach, you know. Sometimes you'll transport someone that's two blocks from St. Joe's, or Tri-State, and sometimes you'll transfer someone that's 25 miles from the hospital. And mm-hmm. so we do call for life flight every now and then too. Well, actually, fairly frequently. If we're out far enough, our protocol is 15 minutes transport or more, we call for the call for life flight generally. And so we'll go for the, go to a lot of car accidents though. Um, so we'll do like vehicle extrication and those things. Uh, if someone's down over the hill, we'll have a stoke stretcher come down and put ropes out and bring you back up. Uh, we have ladder truck to do, you know, the high angle rescue and ladder truck work. We use that at that big fire downtown just to get a better angle to shoot water in from up above the roof, which was pretty cool. Um, we do hazmat calls. We have a regional hazmat team that we have actually with Pullman Fire too. And so we'll go to big regional things if we're requested. And we have a special hazmat team that are, they're higher levels of hazmat. I'm not on that team, but 
this guy has other stuff and they meet monthly and train quite often. It's a pretty cool thing. And yeah, I mean, it's, if you call, we'll show up and tell otherwise. And there's, we'll always find a way to get things figured out. It's, it's what I love about the job. It's just, there's always, a, there's always a way. It was Kevin Kopflush taught me that. He's like, there's always a way to figure, to get through something. And it's, it's a good mentality. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, definitely. So what I'd like to hear is what is a day in the life of a firefighter? Oh gosh. Well, it depends on the firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. Uh, are you just talking about at work kind of thing? Or? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, let's say you have a morning shift. So you get there, you bring your food, you make that. So uh, I guess what I'm getting is like, my mind, you're constantly polishing the, the truck. <laughs> right? yeah. was, the, you you got to feed the Dalmatian. The Dalmatian oh, comes yeah. out. Gosh. You know, there was a guy in Moscow who had a Dalmatian. It was a cool dog. But um, yeah, so the way our schedule works is we work, we just changed. We work a three, four schedule. So we work 24 hour shifts. And right now, so I'll work a 24 and then I'll have a day off and then work the next day and another 24 and have a day off and then work another 24. After that third 24, you have uh, four days off, and then the cycle repeats itself. So, like, I've, I'm on my fourth day off. I'll work tomorrow, Monday, and I'll work Wednesday and Friday, and then I'll have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, and then I'll restart the cycle of working Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, four days off, and so on and so okay, forth. Okay, so you're at the station for 24 hours. Correct, correct. So, um, basically, 8 to 5. So, our shifts start at 8. We usually get there between 7, 7.30, depending on when you want to get there and uh and then from there uh relieve your guy so i get there in the morning and i'll find the guy i'm relieving he'll tell me kind of what the rig was what happened with the vehicle what happened with their calls if i need to get some supplies maybe they went on a call really late we're unable to restock some things and then uh or if there's any info on the vehicle itself and then he's good to go and put my gear on i'll check my air pack uh Make sure I have good air, make sure my gear's all good to go, set myself up, uh, do a rig check and just kind of go through the rig myself and make sure everything's running because worst thing ever is checking a rig and missing something and then when you need it on the call and it's not right, you kind of just look like an idiot there. And so uh, do pretty thorough down and dirty check. Uh, have a cup of coffee with the guys in the morning, you know. Some guys like to make breakfast in the morning, which is totally fine. And then after that, we do a big down and dirty cleanup of the station. Lately, it's been way more thorough because of COVID. And, uh, but uh, we do that. And then from there at 10 o'clock, it's a little bit of a break time through our union. You get a union break. And generally, guys will make popcorn and we'll just kind of sit around and talk about emails that we've received that from admin about new updates of policies or things going around in the city. Like if there's a big event, like hot August nights or something that we need to prep for, or talk about what we're going to do for training for the day, or sometimes just talk about just life you know just guys talking about things in general we're all pretty good friends so just kind of talking about how's this thing going oh how's your house going or how's this little trip that you went on you know and stuff like that so it's cool and then after that yeah i mean from there it's between calls and training we'll we'll find training to do every day usually between two and three hours some guys even more and we'll uh just pick a topic whether it's just immobilizing a long bone femur fracture with a sager splint you know or or, oh, you have a structure fire at this exact building, what do you do? And kind of give you scenarios. You can do size-ups. You can. It's constant just or pulling the engine out and doing hose flows. It's constant just there's stuff you could go over because we don't do everything every single day. So uh, you don't want it to catch up with you when it's been months since you've done it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost 
I hate to say it, and some guys will disagree with me, but I think it's almost impossible not to kind of be that way because there's just so much you got to do that sometimes it's just been a while for certain things, you know? And yeah. so, uh, but we're, we're always on it with that. And then if we not get, and that's the hardest thing for us is with training, we struggle with training in the fact that we always get interrupted by calls. It's a pretty constant thing. Uh, our fire chief is Travis Michael Buss, and he recently hired Keith Weisenfeld as our training chief, which was a great move just to get training in the right direction. And so he's setting up a lot of good trainings that we've been doing. We've done all hands training, but it's just, it's tough, man. I mean, it's, we covered, like I said earlier, a really broad range. So, I mean, Silton County could have a call. Nesbridge County could have a call. The city of Lewiston could have a call. We could be going up to Colton Uniontown, losing two guys or three guys for training. It's a big deal. And so, um, between that and recertifying, we, we keep ourselves busy. And then four o'clock, we, uh, four o'clock is generally our PT time our workout time. And, uh, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. You get pay, get paid to work out. And yeah, you got a gym in the stations. Yes, yes. All the stations have gyms. Um, uh, station one's got a pretty great gym. Station two just recently updated their gym, and it's awesome. Uh, station four's got a gym. It's not quite as big, but they've got the equipment. And then station two, actually, I guess I take that back. Station or th- correction, station three does not technically. Well, they have a little bit of gym equipment, but that we have a great contract with the Silton County. Uh, uh, water park and oh, so yeah. they've got that gym there so we have little passes so if you're working on that crew you just show up sign in and we can use their gym which I love that's one of the great benefits I think of it is being able to go to that gym and so but I think there may be a new gym at the new Asotan County Station when that all uh, happens so we'll see but yeah it's cool it's really fun and we kind of a lot of times we'll do group workouts you know to kind of push each other and just kind of it's just a fun camaraderie thing again you know and yeah, it's a good benefit. That's another thing I love about the job is just keeping active and being involved. So It's nice to have a job where you can stay fit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because it went from, you know, it's it's a requirement. So you kind of, you have to feel obligated to do so. Well, and you, you probably feel like kind of pressured, right? Because you, you want to stay in good shape so that you can best help save someone's yes. life. Right? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's just, it's a benefit that way. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll admit when I went to, when I went to college, I gained a significant amount of weight. I got up to about 260 pounds and I... In the past couple of years, I've dropped about forty-five pounds, and I, it was part of that freshman fifteen. Oh yeah, for me I'm working three. on. <laughs> I'm working off my master's degree weight right now. Yeah, for me it was like times three or four, but uh, I'm, I'm ashamed of that. But at the same time, it just made me real. I will always remember like how much more of a struggle a fire was, and how much quicker I uh, breathed down my air pack, and so I was less effective. Because our rule is like, if I if my air pack goes, if you get stuck your air pack down low enough with air, you will start, the bell will go off telling you you're, you're low on air, get out of the building. Well, if I have to go out and I'm with you, Drew, we both have to go out, even if you're not necessarily low, because it's two in, two out rule, unless right. it's a rescue. Yeah, and, and so, you don't want to be a liability to, to your team. Yeah, and it just kind of lets them down. And, you know, I'll tell you what, our our entire fire department is very fit and guys have really embraced that and it the physical training used to not be a huge thing in the fire department actually our downstairs gym at station one used to i guess be just another kind of hangout spot with like a pool table and what have you but uh yeah now it's all a gym and guys really embraced it we have a couple guys who are crossfit one trainers i'm not as into crossfit as i am just like weightlifting and cardio and in between but some guys are great at it and whatnot and yeah, I did some CrossFit a few years ago. Actually, I lost a lot of weight. I got yeah. I got a lot of muscle. It was cool. Um, I don't think I'll only I'll do it again. It's also very expensive. It is. It is. Yeah. So we're fortunate in that too. A lot of guys actually, you can come in off duty if you sign a waiver and work out at the station if you want. And 
when I have a gym membership just because I like to get the separation of work and I don't like to hear the fire tones and EMS tones while I'm not at work, you know, just as a personal thing. There's a lot of stress things with that. And so, and a lot of guys are that way too. It's like, you don't want to hear it if you don't have to, but it's, yeah, but it's a great resource for guys though. If they want to save some money and not go to the, their other, go to a gym, they can come in and work out anytime they want. And it's cool. It's a very embraced culture. And mm-hmm. actually it's going to start changing. I think to where after we do, I was talking about the process after we do our cleaning in the morning, guys just changing their PT gear and get a morning workout in instead. And a lot of our, uh, guys are really embracing that idea, which I love. Cause it just, I like working out. I like doing that early in the morning too, and just getting it done. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool thing. So we keep ourselves busy though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned, uh, sort of that separation from, from work. I imagine you guys probably see some horrible things. You see people on their, on the, on the worst day of their lives. Like you said, how, how do you sort of deal with that stress and like seeing those awful things when, yeah. you're, when you're gone? Yeah. You know, um, and we're, I'm very fortunate personally. My wife was actually an EMT volunteer in Moscow. She went need to get some clinical hours, uh, for, her dietetics program. And so she volunteered with me in Moscow. She actually kind of understands the job firsthand. And, um, I'm fortunate to where I can come home and I can talk to her about it. And she's a very open, very open ears and very willing to listen. And my wife works in a clinical setting at St. Joe's as their, uh, lead clinical dietitian there. So she sees patients every day. So she's, she understands the medical field very well, more than I ever will, but, uh, it's cool in that sense. But we do have each other for that. The brothers and sisters I work with, you know, it's nice that you can just kind of talk to each other about it if you need to. And, um, sometimes it's never really like a, it's funny cause it's never a, Hey, can I sit down and talk with you about this? I mean, th- sometimes there is, but it's more just like, we'll be doing something like we'll be just in training or we'll be working. I was like, man, wasn't that just terrible? And they're like, yeah, that was bad. And you know, and as silly as that sounds, it's like coughing up an apple that you have in your throat. It just kind of gets it off your chest and you can kind of go back and forth. So guys are very much there for each other. Um, Staying physically fit helps a lot because if you aren't staying active and then you get stressed out, it just kind of, it just hurts you even more and causes that depression. And Yeah, exercise is a good way to kind of get rid of some of that. Yeah, and so for me, um, as you're showing on here, uh, playing music has been a huge therapeutic thing for me. I mean, there's... Countless times I've came home and just grabbed the old guitar. And That's right. Actually, I got to go see Henry at Parejas last night. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and he man. played with me, too. It was awesome. That was, yeah. Fills. It was great. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. that was a blast. Uh, um, but yeah, you've, you've been playing uh, guitar and singing. And actually, uh, you heard Henry in the introduction, <laughs> which sounds weird to say now because we haven't done the introduction yet. Um, <laughs> but you heard Henry in the introduction singing about uh, being a fireman. And then um, uh, we've got a, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a song at the end of yours as well that you wrote for your wife, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were talking last night that that having something like music, it's, it's like a form of meditation mm-hmm. where you, you're just focused on what you're doing oh, and absolutely. all the stuff that you had to deal with throughout the day. It's just not on your mind. And yeah. 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 You know, a lot of my coworkers too, they're big thrill seekers and they're very active outside of work, not just to stay in shape with that benefit, but also just it's their, their hobbies. You know, I, I know guys who are avid hunters, my partner on the ambulance for a long time, Kyle Graves, great guy. Uh, He's an avid hunter. I mean, he watched the same elk. I think he said for like fourteen days just to just to get it, and it was and it was one of the biggest elk I've ever seen in my life, right? And but he's just very dedicated to the craft. And then 
a couple of my coworkers are uh, big into kayaking, like like hard shell, class five, doing the locksaw madness mm-hmm. kind of guys, and very passionate about it. But it's just those kind of hobbies that you can go out and it relaxes you. It kind of gets those stressors out of you, and you just kind of work it out of yourself, you know. And um, fortunately for me, you know, music is great. I have a wonderful wife who helps me with that. I have a great dog at home, Tilly Sue. And, uh, and then of course I've got so many friends and family. And I, I mean, it's funny cause my wife and I talk about it all the time. It's like, people are always, oh, there's nothing to do here. And it's like, well, we have so many friends and family and places we can go. It's just, it, we, we almost are never not busy. And oh yeah. This COVID thing was hard for us just cause it was like, just, we had to stay in and we were fortunate that we both had our jobs and nothing changed for us. But yeah, it was just, you know, that's, it's a nice thing to have friends and family and oh, things it is. to go and do in this Caitlin's town. sister lives about two two or three blocks that way. Yeah. And she's got three kids that are, oh, yeah. you know, just a few years older than out They're all mm-hmm. girls, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of girls. And uh, and her parents just live on the Clemens edition, and then her grandma lives that way a little bit. Yeah. And her brother's just on 8th in Clarkston. Yeah. So That's great. we've just got all, all the family here. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's always something to do. Yeah. We're either going and well not recently but we're you know go do something we've got uh caitlin's parents have land at door shack i was just kokanee fishing this last week we've got some coke i was i caught like a 12 inch to 14 inch trout on the kokanee rig wow it was fantastic be darn that's awesome so i don't know this place is is beautiful there's a lot of stuff to do you just have to go do it if you're a night owl and you want to go clubbing sure it's not the place for you yeah that's yeah that's a different setup but, but uh, uh my rooster wakes me up at 5 30 every morning so i'm not <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna go out and go clubbing you know but the fortune of the valley <laughs> is the fact that it is so safe and there is a fact that i mean many people in this town leave their cars unlocked every night and they park them outside and there's it's just there's there's good people here and there's people who look out for each other and people who take pride in what they have here and, and where we live and you can go on so many great hikes you can enjoy the river you can rivers rather uh there's smaller lakes around here too and and really we're just a few hours away from other phenomenal places too and oh yeah you shoot up to spokane in an afternoon yeah i mean i left my house in the elks to come to your place here in the clarkston heights and i stopped over to get you some beer and I mean, I left my house, I think, at 1045 to be here at 11. And, yeah. And I got here on time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing in that fact there's no traffic, too. I love and that. And we got a beer that Drew liked everybody. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's good. Ah, it's the a, hazy uh, IPA. From from 10 Barrel. Mm-hmm. Juicy India Pale Ale. Yeah, a little shout out to 10 Barrel there. Yeah, 10 Barrel. I love, the, I love the hazy IPAs. It's, it's adult orange juice is what I call it. Yeah, you know, they're nice. They're not too much alcohol either. Some of those IPAs, man, you get up like 8 9%. Whoa! Well, and you know, and actually, that that would be like an imperial IPA, but yeah. a hazy IPA. It's not a true IPA. Uh-huh. It's uh, the the IPA, of course, has to do with how bitter it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, for more information, listen to the brewing episode. Yeah, <laughs> but great but, episode. But it's uh, the the IBUs on like a, a like a really hoppy IPA are going to be around like seventy. The IBUs on this, I'm assuming, are like, oh, so this is 50, so it's a little higher. But see, I mean, it's not like a crazy high IPA. Mm-hmm. 
most of the hop additions are later, so you just get that aroma, and they yeah. use a lot of those citrus ones. That's yeah. why so I don't like the IPAs. It. It's just too much. Like oh, a lot yeah. of them, it's the 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 hoppy flavor is too much for me. I tried. It is for a I lot of people. I tried one of those Voodoo Rangers. Those are, oh, no, yeah, why'd Buffalo you do that? It's, yeah. that. <laughs> it's gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And it shouldn't exist. Yeah. yeah uh, they make a stronger one. That'll hit you in the teeth and you might as well uh, chew on it at that point. Those are, yeah, if you're not used to that. Yeah. I'll tell you. And that's the thing. I normally don't, I like the hazier, hazy IPAs just because, you know, I'm, beer, if I drink beer, it's a hot summer day and it's, I mean, my, I'll tell you, my fridge is like what people are saying, bush light. Miller See, Light. and this is the Hams. thing, and, and, and a lot of people make yeah. fun of those, and, and and it's it's easy to, and I'm not saying Buds are the best beer out there, but all the beers you just mentioned are lagers, they're really light beers, mm-hmm. and they're harder to brew than an IPA. Are they? They're much harder, they're easier, if you screw up an IPA, you're not gonna, you're not gonna find out because all you're tasting is hops. Oh, yeah. If you screw up a lager, you're gonna taste it, and it's gonna taste bad. Yeah, that would make sense. If you're doing a stout... You can you can mess up pretty good and it's still gonna turn out. I'll be darned. But the loggers and stuff they're harder they're harder to brew. It, it's it takes more skill yeah. to brew a Bud Light than it would to take a Voodoo Rage. You know it's so funny because I I will always tell people to this day I'm putting it on record my favorite beer of all time is Hams. I love Hams. Beer. I like a good Hams. Oh man! And they've been around. Hams the for... beer refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been around for generations. Oh yeah, it's one of the Coors. It's like it's, I'm a Coors guy, and it's one of the first. The breweries that's been around, you know, before yeah. pro, pre-prohibition. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to show you after this. There's this old Hams commercial. Folks got to look it up. It's this guy, and he's in one of those, like, Willie's Jeeps, right, with, that are totally cut off with no windshield or anything. And he's rolling in the middle of this creek. It looks like he's on the cellway, just driving this thing down, down the middle of the water. And there's a full live grizzly bear in the rig with him, and he's just petting it like a dog, and it's just loving him. And it's a song, and it just he next thing you know, he has one of those hams with the pull tabs, and he pulls the pull tab and throws it into his beer, and he's drinking it, and he's petting the grizzly bear that's loving him with it. It's just, it's the, it's one of the greatest commercials in my opinion of all time, just because it's some <laughs> some dude at a lumber yard right by the river with a bear drinking a ham. So oh, like, oh my gosh! Awesome. This but, episode of Old Spiral Podcast brought to you by Hams, the beer refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. Well, from the well, land that, of sky blue waters. That, that's cool that uh, that you have so many outlets, you know, for for relieving the stress of some of the stuff that you have to oh, deal it's with so day great. in day out. You know, it's so cool. You know, a couple of weeks back we had a pretty rough rough shift, and you know, I I've gotten into golf this past year too, and with music, golf, and just man, friends and family. Of yeah, all kind. Just we we got to get both you and Brian out on the on a stream with me, and we'll we'll fly fish. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I got my Idaho fishing license. That'd be great. We're I haven't fly fished in a long time. That'd be really fun to be a part of that again. Because I, that's that fly fishing is kind of it's kind of like music and, and I imagine like brewing too, where it's you almost like building up to it more than the actual catching the fish. I imagine just mm-hmm. the craft itself of yeah. tying flies and getting your technique down. Right. And yeah. And that's, spot. that's, that's why I really enjoy it because it isn't easy, right? You're not, you're not just throwing a lure in the same spot yeah. over and over again. Yeah. You know, you're kind of fishing from the, from the time you get out there. You're, you're looking to see, <laughs> see what bugs are flying around in the air yeah. and where the shade and structure is and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's cool. So for uh, more info on that, check out the fly fishing. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, great episode, that's folks. True. That's true. <laughs> and subscribe on Patreon. I don't care if they're taking a break. You will subscribe on Patreon. It's one dollar, twelve dollars a year. Save two Big Macs and you can subscribe on Patreon. These hey, guys are awesome. You, you heard it from Henry Funk, everybody. Oh yeah. Well, how long have you been uh, playing music? That I mean, obviously you were in. <laughs> yeah. but, so you were a 
trumpeter? Yeah, yeah. Oh, not a boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you still play trumpet? Because no. we can get you. Oh, bummer. Uh, well, I've got it. I've got it at the house. If my chops are right. gone, but uh, I'd I, love to do some horn stuff sometime. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe I'll pull it out and try and get it. Get yeah, it it's all right. Yeah, yeah, but you, you were a trumpeter. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, how long have you been doing like the guitar work and and, and learning songs? Because you know, you've got quite the repertoire. Yeah, you know, I started a uh, started guitar when I was fifteen. I was so I played trumpet. I did the whole fifth grade j- band, jazz band. And then just flew all the way through high school with it. When I was 15, I uh, was convinced I was going to be a professional baseball player. And then the freshman baseball team head coach said otherwise and cut me from the team. So I was kind of bummed out from that. And- <sighs> Dude, I was going to go further in baseball, but I couldn't hit well. And then as soon as I quit baseball, I found out I needed glasses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now that I'm looking well, back on go. it, I'm like, because I was a great pitcher. You could have been like Wild Thing Rick Vaughn, man. You just needed the glasses. <laughs> just wow, needed the glasses. Dang. You just need the haircut. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in a long oh, time. Oh, it's a great one. You and Willie Mays Hayes just killing wow. it. No. Uh, but then, yeah, so I got cut. I was all bummed. I was just like, man, I guess I guess I can try and be the Michael Jordan story. <laughs> yeah. No. So my mom said, well, uh, Scott Trotter. Scott Trotter. Shout ah, out. Scott Trotter. You know, over at uh, Congo Press. Haven't heard that name in a while. Brian and I went to the same church growing up in youth group, and he was yeah. offering a free guitar lesson for anyone who was interested. And she said, would you want to check it out? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so we went, and I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, I was really liking it. And, you know, every instrument I played up to that point, I started with piano and went to trumpet, uh, it felt like practice was work. You know, it just felt like I just like I'm forcing myself to sit down or someone would be like, you need to practice. I'm like, I know. But guitar was like, I want to play guitar. I want to sit down and play guitar, even if it's just three chords. And I just fell in love with it. And I'm very fortunate that he really, he taught, taught it in a very good way. And yeah, I always, he, he was my first ever guitar teacher and he taught me the basics and fell in love with it. And so I just started playing for fun. I never really played gigs ever. And uh, except for Mr. LHS, I played You've Got a Friend in Me dressed as Woody the Cowboy for my talent. But, <laughs> but uh, fun. Uh, you know, going through high school and college, my wife, uh, she's an upright bass player and she's a phenomenal jazz bass player. Like she went up to U of I's jazz, uh, jazz bands and they've got like jazz three, jazz two, and then jazz one. Jazz one's like the cream of the crop. Her freshman year, second semester, she just got bumped up to jazz one. And played with them and then got asked to be in the professor's band too. And, uh, she still plays with several ensembles today. And, uh, so I was always going to her gigs, which is great. I was just like, this is awesome. Cause I'd just go and oftentimes get free drinks. Cause I was with the band and just kind of enjoy her music and relax. Got to meet some really cool people. And, uh, and then this about a year ago, she encouraged me to go to Mystic and try and do an open mic there. Oh, and, they have a good open mic. You know, it's, it's usually really, on Tuesdays. It's really cool what they do. Cause they, they keep it open to anyone. You can go up there and read a poem. You can go up there and sing a song. You can go up there and do stand-up comedy. And it's really cool in that sense. Because And if you um, want to go up there with a couple other people and do a little jam, they love it. And it's it's so cool they do that. It's really good for the valley. And uh, so I went up there and I played a song. Uh, the first song I ever played was Angel from Montgomery by John Prine. And uh, people said that sounded really good. And I was like, thank you. And then I, my wife kind of asked me, she's like, Would you ever thought about just doing a gig like reaching out to someone and trying to do a show i was like i don't know and i uh went and spoke with mark weisling down at pareja sellers and i just walked in there with my guitar and said hey can i play you a song if it's horrible i'll buy a bottle of wine and get the hell out of here and if you like it would you maybe consider me i'll still buy a bottle of wine though and he's like, sure and so i played him a song and he's like 
sounds good. Can you play tomorrow? I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and it just kind of took off from there. Pete, I did the same thing for Pete Royals at Riverport. And since then I've played both at Riverport and Pareja several times. I've played a, recently played at Groundworks not too long ago and we'll be there in a couple of weeks on June 20th and then uh, gosh I played at some cool place I played at Riverfest in Clarkston I played at a Summit Funding with Laney Mosier they hired me for the downtown art walk and Laney and uh, it was uh, Jennifer Upmore was the one who hired me and they were just they were so great it was awesome got to meet the Spiral Rock folks down there too the two billies that work for Spiral Rock and Pigfish too they do that whole thing and, and uh, yeah it's just cool you know you get to meet some cool people played at Hardware once they uh and yeah, Mystics hired me. I mean, it's just, it's cool. I like quickly just took off way more than I expected. And it's been fun, man. It's, it's cool to develop your craft too. When you're, it's different when you're singing just at home by yourself versus singing into a mic, as you know, and yeah, it's the a stage different. presence and just kind of how you approach songs and man, it's, this Valley so welcoming. People are so generous and so nice. And it's just, I'm very fortunate for that. They're very, very cool. And it's cool to watch people like yourself and, Shania and the Cats band and those guys who are just rocking up the seven devils, you know, it's just, it's cool to meet those folks too. Cause you kind of meet those fellow artists in the circuit and it's just, it's awesome, man. It's fun. It's really mm-hmm. fun. I always, I always have felt like, uh, the most difficult part about playing out is, uh, w- what do you say in between songs? <laughs> Cause yeah. I, I practice, you know, the songs over and over again with my band, but uh, what, what am I going to say when I'm sitting there and somebody has tuned their guitar and it's taking a few minutes? Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. you know, it's funny because that's exactly it. And my wife and I always, we, we've gone to so many concerts. We love, that's one of our big hobbies is just finding the concert, going to it. And uh, yeah, it's funny because a lot of the big name artists we see, they either say a little, little spiel here and there. Maybe they'll say a little more at one point, but most of the time they just go song to song to song to song. And every now and then, like, oh, you guys are great. You guys rock. And then boom, it's the next song. And, so just kind of, I try and approach it like that a little more to where I'm not talking about every song. I mostly do covers too, so there's not yeah. much to talk about. Other than well, you mentioned John Prine. He was kind of known for going on and, and on. And, John and Prine on had and, a lot to say. <laughs> he had a lot to Man, say. Man, that guy was cool though. He was awesome. Yeah, I love you know? that. And, yeah. And in his case, he was such a phenomenal songwriter to where if he explained yeah. the story a little bit, it doesn't hurt. I mean. No. Yeah. Yeah, but. Sam Stone is one of my favorite Sam songs. Sam Stone. Came home. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad you like the show. I'm glad you listen. And thanks for uh, supporting us on Patreon, too. That's really oh, nice. Yeah. And your parents do also. Do they also? Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Oh, I'm yes. pretty sure, I, unless someone else named Funk is donating. I yeah, I wouldn't it. surprise me if it's them. Uh, no, they're, they're so great. No, it's you guys are doing a great job. This is a cool thing. Uh, it's nice to have someone in this, a couple of people in this town just, you know, not only take pride in the valley, I'd say the majority of the valley takes pride in the valley, but it's just cool to put it on this platform to where you can go and listen. You guys have talked about things on here. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go check that out. Or, oh, yeah, like you mentioned going to Winchester and just going to the lake. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Winchester and check it out. And went there with my dog and it was great. Yeah. Know? I mean, we're constantly learning. So we'll get we'll get guests referred to us mm-hmm. or, or like the last few episodes. We didn't really know much like about the library. And yeah, we learned so much, and that was it was awesome. really interesting. And actually, you're on the Lewis and Library Board, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on the Library Foundation Board, which is more on the fundraising side of things. And big shout out to Marsha Creason and the entire team down there. Uh, yeah, they asked me to be on that board. I was like, wow, okay. And my dad was on the Library Board. There's a Library Board that actually makes the big decisions, and there's a Foundation Board that does all the fundraising. Oh, all right. And uh, so I'm more on the fundraising side, which is really fun, because you get to be involved with some really cool events, like our big gala we have every year where 
tickets are a hundred dollars a piece, but five people win a thousand dollar vouchers for travel. Oh wow! I won one time. It was awesome, and we got to go to Hawaii with it. And it's it's a really cool thing. And I mean, we've we've raised so much money for that library, and it's cool how many donors. I mean, Ed Schweitzer and his wife gave a million dollars to that library. To wow! Be um, majority of funding we more than match from the city, and it's just a cool thing. It's so cool that the fact that the city likes it, and also that there's so many people who are willing to give to it and make it a good thing. That's kind of the same thing with Soton County. And it's, it's a special, it's a special thing, you know, and I was telling you yesterday, uh, since that new building was erected, more than 1.1 million people have walked through that library. I mean, that's, Lewis is not very big, but that's a lot of people. That is. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of traffic. That's crazy. So, I wouldn't have expected uh, that. And it's our, our average, I mean, just the books and items checked out. It seems like every month it's between, I don't know, eight and 13,000 items are checked out or, you know, it's just, it's cool to see how much it's actually used, even if it's not necessarily buzzing busy, like a Disneyland park, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's not necessarily a ton of people in there, but people oftentimes will request books at other libraries and it's, it's, it's being used and it's yeah. really cool in that sense. Yeah, that's neat. And you're saying they do, you know, all the stuff that, or a lot of the stuff that the Soton County does, all those yeah. programs and more. And that's just, it's really neat. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we're glad to we're glad to have to have you in. It's it's nice as oh, a, yeah. as a listener and uh, as someone who does a lot for the community as oh. well, and, and as a part of the community. It's I appreciate really cool. that. No, this is fun. This is really cool. Before you take off, you mentioned you're a big John Prine fan. You you played a couple Sturgill Simpson songs for us before. Yeah. before we got going. But who who's your favorite artist of all time? Do you think, or or just some of your faves? Oh gosh, yeah, there's too many. Um, I think my favorite artist right now is Sturgill Simpson. He's so eclectic. He's oh, he's just, great. He's if you listen to every single one of his albums, you just from the just look at the year it came out and start with the earliest year and then go to the next and the next. They're all different, but they sort of relate to the previous, but they just progress differently and differently. Because if you listen to his most recent album versus his first album, it's totally different. But if you kind of progress through it, you see how he's grown into where he is now. He's a little against the whole corporate country music thing too, which I I like that. So I like outlaw country, like Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard and those guys. And uh, but yeah, the pop country scene. But I think my favorite band of all time will always be Led Zeppelin. Just you know, mom and dad always had good music playing. And gosh, you just there's so much about Led Zeppelin. All four. Well, your dad taught a music history class. Yep, didn't he? history yeah. of rock and roll. Yeah, that right. guy. It's, he took that so class fun. and I TA'd for that class. <laughs> my favorite joke with my dad is we used to mom and dad mow lawns when I was a kid. I would be helping them and. He'd always have classic rock 102.9 playing, and I, the song would come on, and I'd be like, man, who is this? And one time I'd say, who is this? And he'd be like, yes. I'm like, no, Dad, who is this? Yes. I'm like, is this the who? <laughs> yes. I'm like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> I'm not talking to you like Yoda. But <laughs> is it who or is it yes? I don't know. <laughs> who is this? No, but That's funny. Yeah, no. Uh, Zeppelin's huge and just always a band that you can fall back on. But I'd say between Sturgill and... Gosh, I listen to just so much stuff. I mean, I I'll turn on Sinatra when I'm cooking. I'll I'll I mean I'll turn on jazz music. I'll turn on rock music. I, it's fun too because I married someone with the same taste and more. We love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but in the same sense, we'll play Garth Brooks the next thing, or we go from Garth Brooks to the Foo Fighters, or we go from the Foo Fighters to I mean, it's just it's just all over the place to the Gordon Goodwin Big Fat Band. You know, it just it bounces around so much, but it's fun. It's fun. You get to appreciate everything in that sense. So nice. Have you heard? Um Kamasi or Kamasi Washington? No, it's a he's a new jazz guy, and I've just sort of started to get into jazz. But he had this album that just came out. It's called The Epic. 
Well, I guess it came out five years ago, but it's new to me. Oh, but man. It's super good. I saw a trombone shorty open up for Daryl Hall and John Oates one time, and that was awesome. Like, they brought the house now. Hall and Oates was great, of course, but, yeah, trombone shorty, man, that guy can rip. And his band was just, they were tight. They were, they, were, they sounded fantastic. So, that was cool. fun. Cool. Firefighter. Henry Funk. Where, where are you? Uh, you're playing the 20th. Is that the next time you're playing? If anybody wants to come see you, yeah, uh, June 20th, Groundworks Brewing. I think it starts at. I want to say it starts at six. And uh, yeah, come on down, have a beer, have a glass of wine. They've got so much down there. Oh, uh, they have a great selection. It's a great selection. The Marty and his family and the team have done just a phenomenal job down there, and it's a great venue and uh, lots of good food down there too. I think Pigfish was there the other day. And, oh, they're they're the food truck that sits yeah, out there. And then so good. Love Shack, man, that food's great too. Wow. They do awesome. And uh, just a great spot. Uh, I think the outdoor seating will be there. I don't know. I think it might be set set up outside next time, which is great. I love being outside. Yeah. And uh, Dave and the team, Dave Graham, man, that guy's made some great beer. Holy smokes, working with them. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll be there and then back at Parejas on July 3rd. So, all right. Yeah. But cool. Appreciate this, you guys. This, this is fun. Awesome. <laughs> there you have it. Thanks for coming in, Henry. Thank you so much. I don't know. I was with music, with songwriting. I don't know. My thing is always you got to write from the heart, you know, because otherwise, if you don't feel it in music, you know, you, you just it just doesn't work. And I don't know. It's Adam Duritz from Counting Crows always talks about that. And uh, so I just I wrote from the heart, and the heart was how much I love love my wife. She's just she's pretty great. So. about yesterday I don't care about where we end up as long as you're with me every moment I have with you is a moment I feel free we can dance out till the morning we can sing our favorite songs we can laugh about the times we've had we can love till the break of dawn if it means just being with you and I hope it never ends how can I've been so lucky? My love is my best friend. So let's fly, come on, girl, take my hand. We'll run away today. Run with me, I don't know where we'll go. You, I know we're safe. We can go as far as we want to go. What the world lets us see. Someone who loves me, it's my 
you So let's fly, come on girl, take my hand Run away today, run with me I don't know where we'll go but with you I know we're safe, we can go as far as we wanna go What the world lets us see You can hold me close to your side Wear my coat to keep you warm As we fire right through the pain and strife I will stay here through the storm I will always be here for you And thank God that I'm your man You're my world, you're my everything My sweet Kimberly hand You're my world, you're my everything My sweet Kimberly hand This episode of the show is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. That's going to do it for this week, but the shows are not over. Get caught up on the backlog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for listening.